Welcome to Your Grit Story Podcast, where we chat with founders, leaders, and changemakers to learn about their journey to make the future a reality. I'm Eric, your friendly host. Follow us on where you are tuning in or find us on any social media channels to catch highlights and snippets of our episodes. Let's be inspired by the stories while you create your great story. We are back on your Great Story podcast. And uh, as part of the origin series, we uncover the day ones of starting up and scaling up, overcoming challenges of uh, running a startup. And today we have Kai, founder and CEO of Rocket Academy, an online coding bootcamp for software engineers to help them land on their first tech role. Welcome to the show, Kai. Hey, Eric. Thanks for having me. <laughs> exciting, exciting. I've heard a lot, a lot about you and also Rocket Academy. Would love to have you kick us off uh, with just a quick intro about yourself uh, so we get to know you. Awesome. On to you, Kai. Great. Thanks for having me. My name is Kai. I'm the founder and CEO at Rocket Academy. Rocket Academy is an online coding bootcamp that trains mid-career switchers to be software engineers. We are currently based in Singapore. Most of our students are in Singapore. We recently started offering courses in Hong Kong and are offering a scholarship to Hong Kong students to join our initial Hong Kong batches. In Singapore, we've trained over 150 software engineers and they're working at companies like Food Panda, Ninja Van, Circles Life, DBS, Zendesk, GovTech, some of the, the great tech companies in Singapore. I'm very happy about that and uh, very focused on helping our students succeed. Wow. I mean, look at the companies they've just listed, right? Uh, all, all the most kind of promising, right? Tech companies in, in Singapore and, and happy to hear that you're kind of expanding right beyond the shores, right? So maybe you can share a bit on how did you land on what you're working on, right? Or yeah. where do you start off from? Yeah, I love this question. I think... I did not start from education. I actually started from wanting to build a business because I felt inspired by a book I had read. It was actually a book called How Asia Works. And it was talking about how some countries in Northeast Asia had developed faster than some countries in Southeast Asia. And one of the hypotheses was that, okay, they had local companies that ended up getting big and government supported and ended up exporting internationally and helping to raise the country's GDP. So I thought as someone who was a software engineer and had the safety net of a software engineering job, I thought, and having worked in Silicon Valley and being so-called bitten by the entrepreneurship bug, I thought, hey, I think it could be meaningful for me to work on a business, a startup in Singapore, in Southeast Asia to help grow the economic pie for us. And even if my business doesn't succeed in doing that, hopefully along the way I can support and even inspire other entrepreneurs to succeed on their own journeys. And so that's how I got started on entrepreneurship. I tried a few things in healthcare. I, I went to join a friend's company working in Indonesia at one point to learn about the market. It was a great experience, great company called Danachita. Now Erudify is the parent company. And after that, then I left. And after exploring a few ideas in different spaces, I decided that the education space and Rocket Academy specifically was the right idea for me. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Wow. You read a book and that inspired you uh, from then to do entrepreneurship yeah to do, I mean and, and, and sorry when, when were you in Silicon Valley which which year were you there I was in Silicon Valley well I, I studied computer science at Stanford so I went to Stanford when I was in, 20, in 2010 and I was in school until 2015 did undergrad and a master's there and then I worked in San Francisco for two years at a healthcare company called Nuna Health that was yeah those years were the hey, heyday 
uh, of Silicon Valley, yeah, pre-COVID and, and things were booming. Yeah. Things were booming. Things were booming. Uh, in fact, right. So definitely, definitely. So maybe just look at the, you know, like, like this is the origins, origin series that in, actually you're, you're one of the kind of perfect guests in this Your Grid Story podcast because we really talk about the passion of starting up. And just to mention that you start up, up to inspire other entrepreneurs to also take a challenge. Share a bit more on the origins, right? How, how was day one for you in starting Rocket? Yeah, well, day one for starting Rocket wasn't my day one of trying to be an entrepreneur. I had tried to be an entrepreneur for several years before, several years before that. Uh, and that day one, I think, in back in 2017, when I was working on working in healthcare or trying to work in healthcare, I think I was, of course, so, so many of my entrepreneur friends also tell me this, that they feel like they were so naive one year. Every year, they feel like they were so naive one year ago. And so I, I surely, I for sure feel like I was very naive back then. I thought, oh, I'm just going to build an app and then it's going to make money. <laughs> and, and of course, that, that doesn't just happen automatically. So day one, I was talking to customers to validate an idea at the time to build a Google, almost like a Google Docs, a shared note-taking coordination app for taking care of older adults. So for example, loved ones in our family that might be older and have chronic conditions. And ended up pivoting from that. Didn't seem like a great business at the time. Ended up building communities for Alzheimer's after working in that for a while. Also didn't seem like a great business at the time because people, families with those conditions, they need the physical help the most and we were not providing the physical help. And so... I think, yeah, day one was a lot of learnings around that, like what makes a good business idea, how to validate ideas with customers. One benefit of that period was that I I got to meet a good number of people working in the tech industry in Singapore. At the time, I was in US Enterprise and Block 71. I'm very grateful to them for letting me work out of their space. And so through that, got to meet a few of the people working in tech who still keep in touch to this day. Uh, For example, just wanted to meet up last night with a few of them. Yeah, so... Yeah, very grateful for those initial days, even if the businesses didn't work out from that time for, for helping me make friends and, and learn more about the tech industry in Singapore. Right. And, and, and from those two or um, couple of ventures that you tried, how do you land on like um, education? Yeah, thanks for asking because I wanted to share earlier, but I wasn't sure if it'd be too much. But for Rocket Academy specific, so I mentioned I had started in healthcare, then went to work in Indonesia, and then I came back to Singapore to do Rocket Academy. How did I even land on education or Rocket Academy in the first place? It was very lucky and serendipitous. I had been looking around at different industries. I was thinking, I was taking a top-down approach at first. I was thinking, okay, I'm a software engineer. What are the biggest industries that I can quote-unquote disrupt with my tech skills? And so I was thinking, okay, maybe logistics or e-commerce. At the time, those industries were, I mean, I think they still are booming, but at the time they were relatively new e-commerce logistics in Indonesia, especially. I want to do something in Indonesia because it was such a big market. Uh, but none of those ideas really clicked with my background. Like I was not an expert in logistics or e-commerce. And I felt like I always needed a local domain expert co-founder to lead the business. And I would be the tech guy. But I couldn't find the right person who, of course, you know, we can go into this discussion. But it's difficult to find the right co-founder, as, as many of us will know. And one day, after a couple months of doing that exploration, meeting investors, potential founders, partners, I stumbled upon a news article about an online coding bootcamp in the US called Lambda School. And I was inspired because I felt like, well, this seems they had just raised $100 million in the US. They were taking in students at a huge, very fast rate. And I thought that, oh, if this this model works, 
nobody is doing this in a serious way in Singapore or Southeast Asia. And I feel like my background as someone who's a software engineer and enjoys teaching, this could be a great fit for, for me to do in a way that all the other ideas that I've done previously were not. And so very quickly after that idea somehow came into my screen and my attention, I decided to work on what has now become Rocket Academy. And, but to give a slight plot twist, right, is that actually those models like Lambda School that were once such so hot in the US, they actually ended up not performing as well because they were limited by the quality. Basically, intake. turns out taking in a lot of students and not scaling up your quality of education at the same time is not so good. Right, so Rocket Academy is also adapted to the situation over time, and we right we we charge our students upfront, so we don't have to collect money after students graduate, for example. And we also really really prize the quality of our education and the outcomes results, which is why I'm sharing that all of our students who have graduated and have been applying consistently within six months have gotten jobs as software engineers. Yeah, it's great news to see that, and then you are kind of inspired by something that is abroad. Right. And, and really looking at a local model and scaling across, in fact, right. You just mentioned that you're kind of scaling up to Hong Kong, there are other countries in the roadmap for sure. What is the, you know, there are, for sure there are like, like pivots, right, across the past three years or even three to four years of running Rocket. What is the most kind of key pivot that you had? And, and how, how do you decide on that shift? Yeah. I think, well, so initially the, the idea was just to, copy what's working in other markets and then just bring it here, right? But, but I think we, over, over time, we had to adapt. One of the big things that, that caused the adaptation was that Singapore is a regulated market and for coding bootcamps specifically. And so I'm not sure how many of us listening will know, but in Singapore, there is a um, government subsidizes these courses for people to upskill. And for coding bootcamps, for people who want to become software engineers specifically, there is a government subsidy by IMDA called TIPP, which stands for the Tech Immersion and Placement Program. And in order to qualify for this program, there are certain requirements. You have to submit all the details of your course. The government has to vet it in order for them to offer this subsidy. And Rocket Academy finally was able to get on this subsidy earlier this year, actually, after couple of years of establishing a track record and demonstrating to the government that we deserve it. And uh, so now we are one of the three government approved coding boot camps in Singapore, uh, which, which we're very proud of. And, 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 and that has increased the demand for our courses as well. So back to the question about pivots, right? The, 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 we couldn't just copy all the exact details of the models overseas because that may not have allowed us to get the government subsidy. For example, income share agreements, which is this model where you don't collect zero upfront, but you collect a percentage of graduate salaries after they get a job. That just was not, this doesn't work in Singapore because we're very sensitive to loans and that seems like a loan and, and just, we just, yeah, it just was not going to work. So that was, that was one of the changes to the model that happened where we ended up charging upfront, which has ended up okay because we, it's good for our cash flow, but of course it, it's more expensive for students upfront, which can be a challenge, but hopefully the subsidy works to address that. Right, right. And, and actually, I actually kind of like how you kind of model the, the packages, right? There's a free version, there's a 199, and then there's an intensive yes. uh, or immersive bootcamp. That, that also evolved, right? So back to your question about pivots, right? The, the specific flow of our courses, that also evolved over time. When we first started, it was just the bootcamp course. There was no introductory course. And the introductory course we developed after uh, maybe a couple months after we, we started, which was good. Uh, but then we were realizing that we still didn't have that much awareness or didn't have that many signups for either of the courses. And about a year into it, we decided to make the introductory course free. 
because we said, hey, we're actually making most of our revenue from the bootcamp product. Why don't we try something to increase our top of funnel? Because we, we just feel like our students are doing really well, but people just don't know about us yet. And so we made the introductory, a free version of the introductory course, which then suddenly blew up essentially. And then a lot more people started hearing about us and then a lot more people signing up and then funneling into the bootcamp, which then allowed us to raise some funds and further grow our school from there. Yeah. I think what I just mentioned here is very important, right? I think you mentioned here about growth loops, right? Of, yeah. of having a freeman uh, model, right? To get folks to be aware of this, this awesome platform, right? Uh, yes. Awesome bootcamp and then the opportunity for them to upskill themselves beyond the freeman model, right? I think and that's where they can, and you can obviously kind of share the stories of folks who have landed on a job on a freeman model. So that's kind of really looping, looping on, on in terms of like growing users on board. And, I love how you structured on on you know this this models. A question on pricing though. Yeah. How did you decide on the pricing of like one nine nine and even for the put for the higher price? Yeah. So for our fundamentals, essentially our cost price. So we're doing that because uh, to to cover costs and and that's you know it's our it's our way of helping students get to know Rocket Academy. We don't make much money from the fundamentals course. Uh, the bootcamp course pricing is based on what we think is competitive. Uh, we think that it is, of course, enough for us to make margins to be profitable, but at the same time competitive in the market, representing the value that people are getting uh, from our bootcamp so far. Yeah, so that's how we decided on the pricing. Right, right. Awesome. Let's take a step back. What are challenges running the startup as a sole founder today? I think I'm very lucky. I, I'm very lucky to have a great team that is supporting me and supporting the entire company. And I really value them so much. I, I, we wouldn't be able to do what we do without them. So I feel like even as someone who's technically a solo founder, I, I feel like I have a founding team that I can rely on for almost everything. So that, that part, I think, speaks to the value of and maybe the luck that I've had in, in being able to bring together some, some great people to work together. Yeah, yeah. Strong team, right? I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the team kind of makes the dream uh, works right so let, let's let's kind of double click on the team a little bit right so so you, you started as a sole founder and since then how did you grow the team you know to what it is today yeah in the beginning it was friends volunteering to help like me begging or like hey can you help with this and then a few people like offering to help and they were super instrumental in developing some of the early frameworks and systems for our courses and even the early employees who were with us, they were often willing to take a pay cut to work on Rocket. And that to me was super, I'm super grateful for them. I mean, they, they have equity in the company. So I'm very grateful to them for taking those chances, especially in the early days when we hadn't raised funds, when we hadn't even proven that this model was going to work. Yeah. So in the early days, it was, it was volunteers and then people helping out and, and just being really passionate about the mission, feeling like, hey, we can really grow this the tech ecosystem, grow the community of software engineers, and we're willing to take a bet on our careers with you on this. And I think that's still true to this day, right? We're Rocket Academy is still a relatively early stage company and, and all of our passionate team members are really betting with us, betting their careers with us on this. And, and I think we're doing a good job so far and, and excited for what we'll achieve. It is definitely, definitely. Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's important to kind of focus on the team, right? Because those are the human capital, right? In fact, right, in your team. And so share a little bit more on, you know, as a segue to, to what is the focus, right, on, on um, this year for Rocket? Yeah, the focus on this year, Rocket, is three things. 
Number one is just making sure that we can support the operations, the increased demand from the government subsidy in Singapore. So making sure our operations can support that. We have increased reporting requirements. We have increased selection requirements that we need to handle. The second thing is make sure that we build a strong community of seed students and alumni in Hong Kong. We are a new school in Hong Kong. We have to build up our reputation there. And so we're trying to attract great students in Hong Kong to join us for our initial batches in Hong Kong. We've had a few graduates so far. We have a few sign up students sign up for our courses in Hong Kong so far. We're still offering a 70% subsidy to Hong Kong students who are interested to sign up for our upcoming batches. And so we're looking forward to that, building that community and small group of initial alumni. And the third thing is to explore different business verticals outside of bootcamp. That's something that's ongoing. We're still in the ideation phases of it. I, I'm not going to share too much now because we're still exploring, but hopefully be able to share more news on this by the end of the year. Fantastic. Exciting, exciting. Um, you know, it's, it's great to see that you have, uh, you know, growth plans in Hong Kong. Maybe a question on that, right? So why, why Hong Kong? <laughs> why Hong Kong? Yeah, great question. We get asked this question a lot. With Rocket Academy, we're, we're coding bootcamp and we want to we want to be able to train and build a brand as being a trusted place to learn coding internationally. And we started in Singapore. There's generally an ability to uh, ability to pay. There's a good education levels. They speak English. There's good internet. And we found that Hong Kong has similar dynamics to Singapore in those regards. So we found that it would be a market that makes more sense for us to go to uh, instead of other, for example, other Southeast Asian markets that have quite different market dynamics. They may not speak English. Yeah, so we thought Hong Kong would be relatively similar in that regard. On top of that, we also have, we happen to have two team members on Rocket Academy's team that are already based in Hong Kong. One of them is my childhood friend. Another one is his former bootcamp instructor. I also grew up in Hong Kong. So we have some familiarity with Hong Kong as a team. Hence, I think it's not totally foreign for us to be going there. Yeah, but we hope to expand to other developed English-speaking markets next and hopefully be able to serve the Australian market by next year as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, as, as you were sharing, definitely Hong Kong and Singapore, definitely a lot of similarities in terms of uh, language, in terms of um, the how it works in the countries, right? Both both are kind of small in, in, its, own, in its own ways, right? Yeah. As we wrap up, a few questions, right? As we wrap up the kind of 30-minute episode, as there are listeners kind of tuning in as founders or, or even uh, as, as tech folks, what is, what is one piece of advice or, or learning you have in kind of starting up uh, Rocket Academy they would like to share with uh, the listeners? Yeah, I would say, and this is, I guess it's cliche. I would say focus on the customer. The customer is the one that will have the ideas and the feedback for how to improve the product that we're working on. And if we can continue providing value to our customers, our businesses will naturally grow and be able to reach uh, a wider audience. So as they say, there's some startup general startup advice, right? It's better to have a small group of customers that really love you than a large group of customers that only kind of love you or love you medium. And so that's what we're focusing on is really serving our customers' core needs and, and making sure that they succeed. Yeah. I mean, what I just mentioned is really, uh, it sounds really familiar. It's probably like from, from Stanford Business School or something, right? You definitely will, you will love 100 people to love you then and yeah. uh, 1,000 people to like you, right? Um, it does a company, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Cool, cool, cool. Just the last question. Who inspire you the most and why? I think uh, in my more, I guess my years in Silicon Valley in the last 10 years, I think Mark Zuckerberg as a, as a general story, I mean, I met him once, but I haven't had a deep conversation with him. But from what I understand about his story, he inspires me. I know that there's a lot of news about Facebook, 
using data in maybe the wrong ways recently, but but I think overall he inspires me because he's managed to transform himself so many times over the years. He started out as a dorm room founder, and then he built a small team. They moved to Silicon Valley in a play, in a time where startups like his were not everywhere. You were not ubiquitous like they were in the 2010s, right? And he, he managed to build a team. He managed to ship their product quickly. And then he transformed himself from a scrappy early stage founder into someone that's leading a global organization. And that's something that I hope that if any of us here who are building companies have the chance to do, I, I think that would be a huge feat for, for any of us and accomplishment for any of us. So that inspires me. For oh, sure. For oh, sure. I think, I think kind of transforming yourself uh, as, as, as you yeah kind of grow the company and able to unlearn and relearn. I think that's, that's something exactly. uh, is so important, right? And yeah. with that, it's a wrap. Kai, thank you. Thank you for your time, your precious, Thanks, precious Aaron. time. And, and all the best to helping tech folks to land on their first tech role and keep inspiring others to take the leap to do what they love. Thank you so much. And if anyone wants to reach out to me to chat anytime, feel free to contact me. I'm always on LinkedIn. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Kai. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Your Grit Story Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. Chase your dreams, live out your passion, and discover your grit story.